Well, again, I'm Cliff Pugh. I'm the campus pastor here. I'm excited to be back. I went on vacation last week. I heard that y'all had a great time with Pastor Eli from our Milton campus. He did an amazing job. And we're in this new series called God Is. And then it's God Is Fill in the Blank. God Is Fill in the Blank. And I don't want you to fill in the blank with your own thought. Even right there, some of you are like, God is... And sometimes today we can feel like, how many of you ever said this, God is uh, absent or God is uh, deaf or does God hear me? You know what I'm saying? That's what, you know, God is where, God is who, God is what, and what is he up to? Well, God is, and today we're going to talk about God is the good shepherd. That's a Bible term and some of you are like, what? Shepherd? How many of you have farmed ever? ever. We've got three hands. See, that's what I'm talking about. Jesus talked to us in stories and parables, and you're like, we're in the deep south. We're in Foley, Alabama. There's watermelon fields everywhere, cantaloupe fields, peach trees, cotton. This is crazy. And who's farmed in this area? Three people. This is going to be a good day, guys. We're talking on the good shepherd, and we're like, I'm lost already. I am lost. Oh, my goodness. We're going to recap this series real quick. The reality is, is we have a lot of definitions for God, and some of them are our own thought, our own fear. Some of them are true, but some of them have not been realized yet in our life. And I want you to give yourself permission to learn something today. The, th the fact is, is that we grew up learning a lot of things, right? Like I'm living this out with my kids right now. When I was growing up, my parents taught me good manners, they tried as best they could out of Grand Bay, Alabama. They really tried. And then, and then they would tell me things like, listen and obey. How many of you have said that to, to your uh, spouse? That was a joke. I was like, I'm not touching that one. Here's one. Don't touch the stove. Don't touch the stove. Leave the door open. No, my parents never said leave the door open. Never. They said, are you air conditioning the neighborhood? What is the cul-de-sac does not need to be... AC'd, okay? So shut the door. Wash your hands. Now we say wash your hands and sanitize. Count your ABCs in your head because parents are tired of teaching their kids at home. So we don't want to hear you say your ABCs anymore. That's for sure. So just count in your head. Wash your hands. Ask a friend to stay over. This is one that I wrote down. Ask a friend to stay the night in front of the parent. That always works. So we learned a lot of things growing up. Some of you, your parents taught you to love Alabama football. Wow, we got one bro tie. So I guess the rest of you are Auburn fans. No, absolutely. There's a lot. Wow. Oh, man. Lord, help us. Okay. So, so we learn a lot of things, but why do, we, why do we really teach our kids? And the reason for all of that is we want them to be prepared for life. We want them to be protected. We want to prepare and protect them. Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So let me propose a question for you. Why do, and, and I'm assuming that we're in this place, like have you ever stopped learning? Why do we stop learning? Have you ever stopped learning? Many of you say no, but some of us could say yes. It's because sometimes we think that we reach a certain age or we, we, we just have learned all that we need to know or we just become lazy, you know, that, that old saying, old Old dogs can't learn new tricks, but I would say that you're never too young and you're never too old. We should be in a constant state of learning, which means that I should be, everybody say this, teachable, teachable. Am I, and so ask yourself right now, you don't have to repeat this out loud, ask yourself, am I really teachable? 
Am I really teachable? Because the reality is, is there's a lot of good advice in this world. Yes, there's a lot of bad advice, and we can learn from that too, like what not to do. But the best advice in the world is worthless. It's meaningless if we aren't teachable. True? True. So let's ask some questions real quick. Go down the list. If you answer yes or no, just keep a tally in your head as best you can. I hope I don't lose you. Ask yourself, am I open to other people's ideas? Number two, do I listen more than I talk? Ouch, Amy just stepped on my foot. That's my wife. Yeah, I talk a little more than I listen sometimes. Lord, forgive me. Number three, I'm open to, am I open to changing my opinion based on new information, data, or facts? Number four, do I really admit when I'm wrong? Show of hands, who's the quick repenter? Who's the one that's like, I'm wrong? You're a little slow. Some of you are slow. We're all the slow crowd. We're the, one, the slow crowd, meaning I don't like to admit when I'm wrong. I like the other person to admit when they're wrong first. Once they admit it, then I'll be okay with it. Okay. Number five, do I ask questions? Do I ask enough questions? Do I ask right questions? Enough questions already. Number six, am I open to doing things in a way I've never done before? Am, oh, here's, here's one for the dads out there. Am I willing to ask for directions while driving to Disney World? Do I act defensive when criticized or do I listen openly for truth? Here's the reality. If I answered no to one or more of those questions, then I have room to grow. And I think we all have, the point is, is we, we all probably answered like no to, to more than one of those questions. True. So like, can you just say it with me? Like, I have room to grow. I have room to grow. Don't, don't point at your neighbor don't poke your neighbor, don't, don't high-five your neighbor right now and say you have room to grow. That is not appropriate. The reality is is pride can become so dangerous in our life because if we're not careful, we become so prideful at saying that we're in a place that we're really not, that we have to begin to pretend that we're in a place that we're really not, that we have to begin to pretend that we're far more effective than we truly are. And I don't know about you, but I would rather be effective than pretend that I'm effective. Let me say that again, because I stuttered. I would rather be effective than keep pretending to be effective. I would rather be effective than keep pretending that I'm right all the time. And so to be teachable or coachable, like, right, if you're gonna be that one Roll Tide fan in here today, like, you've got a great coach, and I'll say it, the old Nick Saban, he's a great coach. It is, it is what it is, okay? The dynasty, Alabama, Roll Tide, whatever. Here's the reality. If you're gonna be on a great team, you have to have a great coach. If you're gonna be the star student, you gotta have a great teacher. So we all need a teacher, we all need a coach, we all need a mentor. We need a mentor, and we need a coach, and we need a guide. And we have access to the perfect guide in life. The perfect guide. We have a lot of questions. We've got a lot of problems going on in life. We've got a lot of crazy roadmaps, a lot of crazy ways to get to the end game. But do, who are we following? And I want you to know that you have access to the right person to follow. And that good news of the gospel is that man's name is Jesus Christ. He is our guide. He is our counsel. He is our wisdom. Let's read John chapter 10 
verses 1 through 10. I'm going to actually probably stop at verse 5 for the media team so we can keep this thing moving. Let's read verses 1 through 5. It'll be on the screen. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheep fold, there's the sheep again, we're farming again, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they do, do not know his voice. What's crazy is in scripture, Jesus shows up on the scene. He talks to the disciples and you see the religious people all around, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they think that they've been living life right and they know the right way to do things. And then he tells everyone like, hey guys, you're a bunch of sheep. Now, I'm going to tell you how crazy that is. Like, sheep are not, like, Jesus telling everyone, like, I'm the shepherd, I'm the gate and the door and the shepherd, and I open the door and I call the sheep. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but, like, sheep are pretty crazy animals. Their relatives, goats, have you ever seen these? You make a loud sound, those goats, they just jump up, they turn upside down, and their legs go stiff. I mean, that's, <laughs> they're in the same family, Sheep are jacked up. Sheep are so, like, their, their eyesight is very poor. It's proven fact. You can look this up. Gnats get in their ears and their nose, and they get so uh, bothered by this that they beat their own head against the, the, the fence post until they create wounds and sores. It's crazy. You're like, that's gross. And then you put sheep in a field, they will clear the whole field out, grass and all. They'll eat till their belly is stuffed. Then they, it's kind of gross. You want me to save the next part out? It's really bad. They'll clear it down to the, to the nub, dirt everywhere. And then they proceed to excrement and then they eat their own excrement until they die. That's crazy talk. You're like, we're sheep? We are sheep. Why would Jesus show up and say, like, you're a sheep? Thank you, God. Thank you, I'm a sheep. Appreciate that one. Vote of confidence there. And he, but what he's proven to, to people is he's saying, if you're left to your own way and you want to walk through the own gate that you want to walk through and you want to do life the way that you want to do life always and you keep do, doing the thing that you do and you don't even know why you do it, but you just do that and you don't follow, if you don't follow the right voice, you'll go through the wrong gate, you'll eat the wrong field, you'll, you'll, end, up killing, you'll end up hurting yourself really bad. And it won't end up well. You'll serve your flesh and, and you'll die in the flesh. This is what Jesus is saying in this passage. But I love this because it says he's the good shepherd in verse 11. We'll go there in a moment. I'm setting things up to say that he, he says there's shepherds out there. There are people out there vying for your attention. There are people out there saying, follow me. Hey, get involved with this again. Hey, do this, do that. Hey, listen to what I'm saying. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He distinguishes himself. This is what I've begun to learn about sheep and shepherds. There are many things that shepherds do for their flocks. And the number one thing that a shepherd does for their flocks is they guide their flocks. Number one, God guides us. God guides us. 
You know, my little Harper, she's my five-year-old girl. I, I try to, t- I'm still, she's five, okay? And some of you are gonna judge me like I try to teach her how to ride a bike. And what's still on this bike besides the baby doll carriage and the cute heart? This tra- everybody saw it first, training wheels. She's five, five and a half. I, I learned how to ride a bike when I was three, okay? I'm, I was raised on a farm. <laughs> so um, I wasn't the dumbest sheep in the field, I guess. Okay, sorry, sad, sad dad joke. But the reality is, is like, she's on her training wheels, she gets on her bike, and she can go, man, she can fly, she does great things, she's learned to stop, and she does the little wiggle, and then it's like she stops. Look at me, dad, I'm awesome, training wheels. And I try to teach her how to ride, and, and sometimes I'm like, I'm right beside her, and I'm like, I've taken these, these off. And so I'm holding her up, and I'm, and I'm going with her, and I'm like, you got this, and I've got my hand just right here. And this is, this is what she does. I hate you! <laughs> and she looks up at me. I'm like, I'm your father. You can't say that. Don't you even care? I'm going to fall and bust my head. I'm like, I've, you've got a helmet on, sweetheart. My elbow pads, this Velcro is cheap. It's getting the little fuzzy things in there so they don't stay on right. She's five, she can articulate very well. And so, so, so I'm walking with her and then sometimes I'm like, I'm like holding from behind or I'm like up here, I'm like, we got this, we got this. And she's like, I do not like this at all. I hate you, I hate you. She freaks out. And I think this is what we tell God so many times. We look up, him, up at him and say, I got this. I can do this instead of allowing him to guide us instead of allowing him to let us grow. See because, see, because the good shepherd knows that if we're gonna grow, we gotta take the training wheels off. And there are times in, in our nation's history, there are times in our government, there's times in our schools, that, oh, I know, we're touching on things now. We're, times in our home, in your own personal life, he says, it's time to take that training wheel set off so that you can grow. I don't want you to take the wide cul-de-sac turn like, and go as slow as you're going, but she is zipping in her mind, man. She is so fast. But how many know that you can go so much faster without the training wheels? You can stop even quicker without the training wheels. You can, you can even take a turn a little bit quicker and get out of harm's way without the training wheels. But we wanna be God and we wanna be the boss and we wanna be in control and we say, I like this level and I like this, this training wheels. I've got this, God. It's time for us to allow God to be our guide. It's time for us to allow him to be the shepherd of our life, the good shepherd, the one who wants to lead and guide us into truth. It's time for us to not follow uh, our own voice. It's not time to follow our own uh, noise in our head and our heart or the noise of this world because that can become so loud that we listen to it far more than we listen to God. We need to stop listening to that noise and begin listening to the one who created us. In John chapter 10, verses three through five, it says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. He's our guide. He, I love this. If I get emotional, it's like I've got kids and I've seen where God has led me through incredibly painful moments in my life. And it says he walks ahead of them. 
I'm reminded of that verse, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. Like we are surrounded by God's goodness and his mercy on our life if we would just see it. But he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from the stranger because they don't know his voice. I wanna teach us real quick, how can I hear his voice? How many of you ever asked that question? How can I hear his voice? It's pretty simple. Let's go to Psalm chapter 95, verses three through seven. I know I'm throwing some scripture at you, but I want you to take these scriptures home and, and dig into them. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hand the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land too. Verse six, come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. I wanna interject in this moment. I didn't know if I would go here today because I've got two other points and I don't really care if we get to all of them because I feel there are people in this room today that need to know. I need to know this maker, I need to know my God and I need to know what he's saying over my life. How can I hear his voice? Because this is what I wanna tell you. In today's world of fake news, in today's world of real truthful news, and in today's world of social media and broken boulevard of dreams and relationships and et cetera, et cetera, you can follow many, many voices, but I want you to know that you've got to learn how to begin to hear and know and follow the voice of the Lord. You've got to, or else you'll find yourself in the wrong sheep field, walking through the wrong gate and following a stranger's voice. How can I hear his voice? The key to hearing God's voice is this. It's found in verse six. six. Come, let us worship. Number one, worship. The key to hearing God's voice is cut out the noise. I went on vacation this past week and I loved it. You wanna know why? I felt like I was walking around like this all the time, like nervous energy. Like, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. Well, school's gonna be happening. I mean, Baldwin, did we go to a private school? Are we gonna be homeschooling? Are we not gonna be homeschooling? Tuition, packed lunches, bag lunches? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? My wife's a planner and, she, and, and then I start to talk to her and she starts to talk, talk to me and we get people, we get worked up. We get a little worked up. How many of you got worked up in the house? Come on, be honest. You got a little worked up in your house the past few weeks. Like, what is happening with this life? And if we're not careful, we add more noise instead of cutting out any noise. So we start to believe a lie or believe things that come up in our heart and our head that absolutely are not true, but we absolutely believe it's true. Number one is worship. Number two, it's bow down. Bow down, bow down. It's a symbol of saying, I'm gonna bow before the Lord. We haven't even like knelt and prayed yet. It's, 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 cause see, after that word, it says kneel before. But before it says bow down, it says, before it says kneel before, it says bow down. Like what would it look like? And the best way I could describe it, it looks a little funny, would be like, that looks a little funny, doesn't it? But what would it look like if, if King Jesus walked through the room and he said, I'm the good shepherd, I might just for a moment be like, the savior of the world? Everything stops and pauses. Corey, my man, my friend, he could be talking to me. So bro, I went to Louisiana, I was catching some fish, I was doing this, I was doing that, and the crazy Cajun over here, and we got the restaurant, and it's all, and I'd say, whoa, shut up. 
Jesus. <laughs> Fake news, Jesus. Social media, Jesus. Uh, uh, politics, no, 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 Jesus. And I would just bow and I said, whoa, I gotta get like, is I wanna see him. I wanna see him, you know. So number two, is this okay this morning? <laughs> we make it, okay, number one, worship, cut out the noise. Number two, bow down, bow your schedule. Bow your busy schedule. I know you're important. Bow your, your thought life. Bow, your, like, turn off Facebook for a week. I don't care. But daily seek, ask, and knock. Daily pray. Daily pray and bow your life to God. Daily. Number three, kneel before the Lord. Humble yourself before God. What am I saying, kneel before the Lord? What would it look like if we humbled ourselves to the point that we prayed and we said, God, I give you permission to lead my life. You want to, you wanna be my guide, you wanna be my God, and I follow many other things, but God, I want to bow before you and humble myself and allow you to lead my life, even if it means you have to take the training wheels off even if it means I have to walk through some tough situations. even See, the reason why we don't love to, to worship, bow down, and kneel sometimes is because when we get in God's word and when we begin to hear his voice and he begins to tell us things, he tells us the very thing. He tells us the very thing that we need to let go of. And we look at him and say, we're like, here, God, I want you to give up that relationship. Oh, no, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to try it one more time. Just one more time. And like, well, then we go back over here and we pray again. Lord, I just really want to kneel and bow down. Before. I want you to give that thing up. Heck to the no. Heck to the no. Heck to the no. Heck, Christian curse words. Heck to the no. Heck no. Heck no. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to do it my way, God. Because he tells us things to do. He tells us people to forgive. He tells us people to serve. He shows us how to bridge a gap for people that are hurting and broken. And he says, I want you to do that. No, but I wanna bow down and serve you, God. And we tell the good shepherd, no. And I know this is a little harsh. This isn't like, let freedom ring, 4th of July weekend. No, I want you to walk out of this place that if I never see you again, I want you to walk out of this saying, I, I've seen the good shepherd, I've heard his voice, and I don't wanna follow the stranger's voice anymore, and I wanna follow him, I wanna worship him, I, I want to bow down to him, I want to kneel to him, I wanna humble my life and serve him so that I can serve others the way he served me because the king said I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. And he says, if you do this, yes, the thief is gonna try to come, John 10, 10. He's gonna try to come. The wolf, the stranger, the thief is gonna come to steal, kill, and destroy your life. But I have come, the good shepherd, I have come to give you life and life abundantly if you will follow me. This is my question this morning. Will you let him guide you? He's already said, I will lead you. Now this other thing, it says, they follow. See, he will lead you. And you know what the goodness of God's grace on your life is? He's led you 
He's led you in and out of problems, in and out of situations. He's led us. Can you wave at me if he has led you through incredible storms, pain, sickness, disease? I've been blessed on the mountaintop and I've been in the valley. You know, like every in between. He's been there. That's his goodness and his grace on your life. And you didn't do anything to earn it. He just loves you. You're his kids. He loves you. And he says, I love you so much that I want to call you sheep. Why? Because my sheep need to learn to listen to my father's voice. My sheep, verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is the awkward moment where Nathan's going to stand here for about another five to seven minutes because I'm not quite done yet. If y'all give me five more minutes, are we good? Okay, I'm asking. Okay, good. Sorry, Nathan, you're the one that's going to feel awkward. I want you to know this morning that number two, God protects you. Yes, you've gone through hurt, and yes, you've gone through pain. But you don't get to call his rod and his staff. See, we're going to get to Psalm 23 in a moment. We're going to say it as a prayer. But it says, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Have you ever heard that scripture? The Lord protects me. He guides me. How does he protect me with a rod and a staff? And that means that I could get hurt. I could get corrected because a sheep takes the rod and the staff and they kind of take that, that little hook on the end and they go, no, 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 get back over here. And you might fall down. You might scrape your knee. You might get hurt. But you were walking in the direction of harm's way and he got you out of harm's way time and time again. You have to admit this morning that the good shepherd is not only a guide, but that he is also your ultimate protector. Verse 11 through 13, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. I want you to get this this morning. Is it on the, yes, thank you. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. He said, it's good that I lay down my life for you. Verse 12, a hired hand, they will run when he sees a wolf coming. When they see that thief, that wolf coming, he will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. He's just a hired hand. So the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's only working for money and doesn't really care about the sheep. But God is the good shepherd. He deeply cares about you. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God's the good shepherd. And so even when you walk through pain, even when you walk through the process, even when you get discouraged and and saying, God, this is taking way too longer Way, way too longer, way longer than it ever was supposed to take. God has a plan for you and you've got to trust his plan. He's the good shepherd, you know, because God is our good shepherd. He says it again, verse 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd. I love this, verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Point number three, I'm moving fast, but you're following. God is... He's our guide, he leads us, he guides us. God is our protector, God protects us. And number three, God knows us. God knows you this morning. He knows what you came in here with. I love the verse that says, God knows my every anxious thought. He knows every anxious thought that I have, every fear, every worry, everything that I'm up against. 
some of you, you're like, I want relationship. I am single. I am getting too old for this. Some of you are like, I want love. I want true love. True love. That's what I want. Some of you want you want a better job because you have walked through the pain of COVID and this pandemic. And through that process, there's a loss of job and it creates a lot of fear and a lot of worry. I'm not putting down any of that pain. What I'm saying is your shepherd knows you because he knows the entire flock. He made you and he loves you. And he looks at you and he says, I know right where you are and I know right where your family is. There may be times when you feel, have you ever felt like you're a complete mystery to God? Like, God, do you even know me? And he says, there's nothing you can throw at me. There's nothing that you could share with me that's gonna take me off guard because I created you. I knew you, I formed you and fashioned you before you were even in your mother's womb. I knew your name. He knows you and because he knows you, he knows your thoughts, your worries, your fears, but he also knows what makes you happy. He knows exactly what makes you sad. He knows what truly makes you joyous and happy. He knows how to throw a party. We'll read it in Psalm 23 in a moment. This is why the God of the heavens is the good shepherd. We weren't designed to be our own shepherd. So we just need to admit this morning that we need a shepherd. Can we start right there? We need a shepherd. He's our good shepherd. He's my guide, my protector, and he knows me. I'm gonna read this over you and let it sink into your spirit this morning. Seriously, receive this as a prayer this morning. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my weary and tired soul. Let's pause right there. Praise break. Thank you, Jesus, that you give me rest. You give me peace. You provide for my every need to the point that even when I don't think you're working, you're working. I lack nothing. Listen, verse verse three, it says, he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Somebody needs to shout it out this morning. I am not alone. Even in the darkest valley, even where I feel alone, I am not alone. Listen, I feel something breaking this morning. You need to say, like, I can be on the mountaintop and God is with me. Yes, but even in the valley, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Here it is, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even when I feel the pain of the process of progress and I know that you're trying to grow me, God, I know that you weren't trying to hurt me. You're not trying to hurt me with your rod and staff, but you're trying to grow me, grow me. So much so that in verse five, you prepare prepare a table for me, even in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. Why would a sheep need oil? Oh yeah, because we hurt ourselves. And that anointing of the Lord right now, his spirit can heal you. His spirit can heal you. It can heal your weary soul. He can cover your head, your anxious thought, so that you can see him, so that you can hear him. Think about oil being poured over you what would that do to you? It would allow you to see the Lord and hear the Lord. It would heal you in Jesus' name. Surely goodness 
and love, or some translations, surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What is it saying? It's saying, I will follow the Lord. I will show up even in a pandemic. I will come to church. Like, I will show up. I will follow the Lord. I will be in the presence of the Lord. I will allow his goodness and mercy to touch my life, and I will follow the Lord. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Because I got to dismiss you this morning. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you wanna follow the good shepherd this morning, I want you to just, no one's looking around, it's between you and God, and, and then me. I want you to just raise your hand so I can see you, say, I, I, I wanna receive Jesus as my Savior this morning, amen. I wanna follow the good shepherd this morning, amen. I see your hands. Anyone else, I see your hands. Anyone else? Let's pray this together. Dear God, come on, say this together so no one's praying along. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner and I ask you for forgiveness. I receive your mercy and I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. I repent, I'm sorry, Lord. I turn from my sin. I will not follow a strange voice. I invite you to come into my life. I want to trust you and follow you all the days of my life. I will follow your voice and your ways and your word as the Lord and Savior of my life. If you've been experiencing anxious thoughts this morning and worry, I just say in the name of Jesus that the presence of God just cover your head and your heart and he gives strength to you and he gives peace to you and your family and joy to you and your family that the good shepherd lead you into goodness and mercy in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.